So thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Emily, as you all know, and this is my friend. Andrea. Perfect. So have you heard of this case before? No, I really haven't heard much about it. Yeah. So this is a very, it's not a very well-known case. Most people haven't known about it. That's why I think it's very important to talk about it. And that's why I'm doing my podcast on it. So, so a recap from my last episode, um, on February 9th, 2004, a Saturn crashed into a tree on Haven, in Haven Hill, New Hampshire. Two, two phone calls from witnesses reported the crash as being a man and others being a woman. The police eventually arrived at the crash and f- to find a very confusing scene. The reported woman was gone. Her car was parked. And... Oh my God, why can't I read? (laughs) The reported woman was gone. The car was packed. And what I found the most odd was there was a rag in the tailpipe. We now know that the woman reported at the scene driving the car was Maura Murray. She was alone at the time. Okay, so she was alone. And then, but they also reported a man in the vehicle when it crashed. Yes. And they reported her to be a man. Oh. They originally thought she was a man as well. Okay. Even though the guy that reported her being a man spoke to her and like had a conversation with her. Mind you, she looks like a woman. She has very long hair. She very feminine features. So I do find this odd. I don't know if this was a mistake, but it's a quick thing just to remember when you think about it. So a quick note for my last episode, I tried to find out why in the world she would be up there. And I read in a statement from her father saying to the WMUR in 2014 that he was sure his daughter was on her way to Burlet, New Hampshire, which would have involved taking Route 112, 112. She knows, and he also said she knows it like the back of her hand. It's like her backyard. He said, we were in New Hampshire so much, at least four times a year. She would, she was up there every year of her life. So before we thought she was going to Burlington, Vermont, and we were thinking, well, how, why would she be in New Hampshire? Why would she be over there? That's an hour away. It doesn't make sense. But now we have a different report saying she was going to Burlington, New Hampshire, which would have been on track with where she was going. So a lot of mixed reports. Very confusing. Nothing really adds up here. Why were they thinking Vermont to begin with? Was it just the area she was in? <clears throat> so they were thinking she went to Burlington, Vermont, because she had a map quest printed of a map from her college to Burlington, Vermont. Okay. So they were like, oh, she must be going to Burlington, Vermont. But why? How did she crash in Haven Hill, New Hampshire? Those are two very different. It's an hour away from each other. It doesn't make sense. It would she wouldn't have needed to even go to New Hampshire to get to Vermont. Okay. So that was definitely a very odd point. So back to what we're covering today. Today I'm going to focus on the investigation that took place after the crash, along with the effect and the effort that was put in to find her along with the public, what the public had helped to do. So when the police initially searched her car, they found her debit card, credit card, and cell phone were all missing but after the crash none of these items had been used there was no like pinging from the phone no the debit card hadn't been used the credit card hadn't been used there was no withdrawals from a bank 
nothing, but it was missing. And those items we can't find. <clears throat> the following day, a news report was issued from for them to be on the lookout for Mora in the surrounding areas. The police then called her father and left a voicemail on her dad's cell phone. But it wasn't until Mora's older sister called the father to tell him that what was going on, that he learned everything. Lack of urgency in Mr. Murray's um, voice and his efforts raised a few eyebrows in the police department. They were like, well, we called you a couple times. Like, why wouldn't the father be more like, oh, my God, my daughter, who my daughter who has my car, my daughter who is now missing. So it did raise a few eyebrows, but there's no like, oh, he's a suspect. So since Moore Murray was an adult, investigators had to wait the full 24 hours before beginning an official search issued by the state and local police. On February 11th, Moore's dad arrived in Haven Hill, New Hampshire, for the start of the search. They started at 8 p.m. that night, and the police used dogs in hopes of picking up a scent. They traced the circumference of 100 yards around the car's location. The police theorized that she probably went out here to disappear or run away or maybe even to commit suicide. The Mora family immediately shot these theories down, saying she would never do that no matter how tough her life was at the time. Her more, um, Mora's boyfriend was with the family searching. It was discovered that he was on a plane with his phone turned off at the time of her disappearance, so that's why he didn't know. But he did have one call or voicemail during the flight. It is an unknown number, but he <clears throat> but he knew he recognized the voice on the voicemail. It sounded like Mora sobbing. They traced the call back to a card used to make a call at the American Red Cross. Since the voicemail was del- since then the voicemail has been deleted. We don't know if this was an accident, if this was... We'd have no idea. But it was deleted, so it's not available at the time. Was it deleted by the boyfriend? Yes. Interesting. The boyfriend did delete it. So, which is odd. That, I mean, especially now when we can go back and trace numbers. And it was traced back to a Red Cross. A Red, American Red Cross. Okay. Yeah. And then it was deleted, so now, like, we have nothing. Like, oh, now you can't trace the number again. You can't try to call it back. You can't do anything like that. You can't even, like, re-listen to hear what was going on around her. Nope. Like, you never know if there's someone in the background or something. Yeah, it's it's just completely gone, which is very weird. So February 12th, the police had a press conference with the family in Bethlehem, New Hampshire. Moore's boyfriend and father spoke to to the news asking for help and if anyone knew anything about Moore's disappearance to please contact the police or contact them. Police spoke out that they were again concerned that she vanished because she was upset or committed suicide. In the next couple of days, they expanded their search to Vermont. The The FBI were also brought into the investigation to investigate the case only 10 days after her appearance. Not only did the FBI get involved, the fish and game team also got involved they brought in the cadaver dogs and issued an air search for the surrounding area during the search Morris sister found a pair of ripped underwear lying in the snow on one of the trails in the wooded areas and it was sent for dna tests but unfortunately did not come back to match mora after this a lot of searches were coming up empty and with dead ends at the end of the fam- at the end of february 
The police returned all of the items they took in for testing from her car to her to her family. The family packed up and checked out of their hotel. It was her father, though, who returned every single weekend to look for her. He was so persistent, he was accused of trespassing on private property several times. Which is, you can totally understand that. He's a concerned father. His daughter's missing. He clearly cares about her da- his daughter a lot. I mean, when you have something this big happen, like, people are not rational about it. No. Like, imagine losing your kid. Nobody can find her. They've expanded it to two other states at this point. Yeah. And she's just, she's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking, and I can only imagine what his, the father's feeling. So a semi-break in the case came in 2004 towards the end when her father was given a long knife by the apparent brother of the person who claims, claims to have murdered Mora. Reporters say that the man who murdered Mora would, had a pretty hefty criminal past, and that is all that can be found about this man or his brother. So this, that's also very weird. Like, this man literally just came up to the dad. He's like, here's a knife. Uh, my brother killed your daughter. He has a hefty criminal past. Goodbye. But no body still. No body, but here's the knife. Did it have anything on it? Did we just save this knife, or is it just now a clean... Um, so on the anniversary of the disappearance, the service was held that where they found the car. It was... Then the police realized that it was obviously not some random disappearance and then took back the items from the car and issued another search, but nothing came up during it. When they cleaned the knife and they searched the knife, there was no DNA on it. It was just a knife. Interesting. Yeah. Very weird. Just It's just odd. It's just an odd thing to give the father of the supposedly kidnapped missing possibly even murdered girl so that did raise a lot of eyebrows but it's a weird thing to keep in mind after all of the dead ends in a full year of nothing coming from this case the family began to feel frustrated and morris father even filed a suit against the police to gain access to the file they had for mora after this a special team from the Molly Bish Foundation was put together to get involved in the case. They just knew this wasn't a missing persons incident and she did not simply choose to disappear since she was going, since she is not using any bank cards or cell phone, which is, you know, fair. She's not using any cell phone. She's not using any of her credit cards. But it's nice that somebody else is coming in. I do see where the father's coming with the Oh, I'm gonna sue the police or whatever. But sometimes you gotta let the Yeah, you gotta let the police do their thing though too. So in October of 2006, volunteers who searched the surrounding miles of where Mora's car was found came across an what is now known as the A-frame. Um, so the A-frame home, I'll show you what a picture what it looks like. So, you know, this is what it looks like. It's just a house kind of in the middle of the woods. Um, and they kind of just stumbled upon it and it was like, oh, okay. They brought in cadaver dogs to search the house. When they came across a closet, the dogs went wild. They went crazy. The volunteers could tell there had, had to have been some kind of blood 
or some kind of maybe even a body in the closet for some time because it reeked. It smelled. The police cut a portion of the carpet and sent it to get tested for DNA. The portion of the carpet came back positive, not just for two, not just for one, but two people's human blood. So we cannot confirm that it was more, but it was definitely human. The DNA hit that one person was a female and the other was unknown. They couldn't really tell if it was male, female, who it was. This was a very strong lead for a while, but nothing really came of it. It's And it's very hard to find information about it. I think they're keeping it close to the chest. Maybe they're reinvestigating it, but it's very, very hard to find. It's interesting that you're like, they had searched that area when the initial crash happened. Mm-hmm. How was that A-frame missed to begin with? Was it that, just- Yeah, I wonder if they were like couldn't get access to the house maybe at first. Maybe they saw it and the owner was like, absolutely not. You're not coming into my house. I don't really know. But now we're jumping to April 3rd of 2019. So this is a big jump like over 10 years now so they had just it kind of just went to be a cold case yeah for a really long time and so april 3rd 2019 investigators dug up part of the basement of a home on route 112 ground ground penetrating radar used by private citizens indicated that the ground under the basement had been disturbed stritzen said search dogs also indicated there might be something in the area, but Stritzen said law enforcement officials did not believe that it was enough credible evidence to get a search warrant. The current homeowners allowed the state police and the FBI agents to search the basement, but Stritzen said they found no remains. <clears throat> so now Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. So pretty recently a search was conducted. Um, a search in Oh my God, why can't I speak today? The search in connection with Moore Murray's investigation was conducted Wednesday off Route 112 in Landoffen Easton, about four miles from where her car was found. Officers did not release any information about it, if anything was found. So we have no idea. Maybe they found a bunch of stuff they're not telling us. Maybe they just found nothing, but nothing has been released. Teams walked into the woods in a line, fanning out and poking the bu- like the brush, everything. They kind of did like the thing where it's like one, like the with the legs. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the, yeah. the sweet thing. Yeah. Um, dogs were also used to search the operation. The goal was to cover ground that hadn't previously been covered, but do a more extensive search. Still, Zin said. Um, in January of 2020, the f- police created a violent criminal apprehension profile for Maura Murray. This can be found on the FBI's, we- FBI's website. Um, another very popular rumor um, that I remember personally hearing because I I know of this case. I My family has been, we used to live near where this happened. So like, I remember hearing about this rumor <clears throat> there that her remains were found on loom mountain in lincoln new hampshire a very popular skiing place it's very very popular you got the different ranges from black diamond to bunny slope so not too far from where she crashed um loon is a as i said very popular skiing and hiking mountain in the area 
All in all, it was well-traveled area by many family members, many, a lot of people. It was a well-traveled area. Um, and the rumor was in September of 2021, when bones were found on the mountain, um, the bones later um, tested and found to be definitely were human. There was They were definitely human, without a doubt, with a 95.4% chance um, the probability of the person's death was from anywhere from 1774 to 1942. Okay. Yeah, so not Mora. No. No, Mora would, did not die in the time between 1774 or 1942. But then there's a 68.2% chance that the bones were from anywhere between 1718 and 1893. Still, not even close. Not Mora. Also, very weird. Why the heck is there bones on the mountain and no one's discovered them since the 1700s? Yes. That's weird. Definitely concerning. Um, but it has been over 19 years since Mora went missing and that faithful, faithful night from... Oh my God, I cannot speak. It has been over 19 years since Mora went missing that fateful night, but her family hasn't given up hope. There has still... Been, they've been still been keeping their hopes high with her sister Julie publicly speaking about the case and to reporters for years. She has a TikTok where she talks about her sister's keys, sends updates. I highly encourage you to follow her. Her name is Julia Murray. Um, you can contact her uh, on the missingmoremurray.com website. If you have any information concerning Mora, please conduct you contact your F- your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate <laughs> consultant. So that's all I have for you today. So thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. Thank you, for having me. Thank you so much listeners for joining us um, on our very, on our next episode, we will have a new special guest and we will discuss the investigation more, even more after and definitely some theories That's what I want to discuss on our next episode. So thank you again for listening and I hope that you come again.